Welcome to the Around the Block Sports Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Dominic here with Angel. So just like always, I guess we'll get right into it. Starting off with the MLB, some pretty big news with the Yankees. Yeah, Troy Tulowitzki and DJ LeMahieu signed to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty cool. Um, honestly, I didn't I didn't expect the DJ LeMahieu just because they were going after Manny Machado. But it kind of seems clear now that Manny Machado is probably going to go somewhere else. He's looking for that money, and he's just looking for somebody who will give it to him. And I think with the moves, like you said, these two moves, um, signing Tulo and DJ, it's basically for sure saying that Manny Machado is not going to get added onto the Yankees, mm-hmm. which I don't think the Yankees are complaining too much right now because they got two very good players, especially yeah. Tulo. He's he was always somebody who, when he was in uh, the NL West, was somebody who could. Uh, Make a difference, you know? Like, mm-hmm. He's a really useful player. I would honestly rather have Troy Tulowitzki on my team than Manny Machado because along with Manny Machado's, like, baseball abilities, he also brings some off-the-field issues. Like, like yeah. he, is, he does get into it with players a lot, and he isn't necessarily uh, – he's not drama-free. So I, yeah. I, I think maybe this was a smarter move for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And I, I was seeing, you know, um, now it looks like the White Sox are probably going to be the, the front-runners for Manny Machado, which – We'll see how what 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 happens. And he's supposed to make his um, decision soon, so we'll see what's going on. How do you with that. think the sign these two signings affect things in the American League? You think the Yankees took a step over the Red Sox? Um, no, not really, not really. I mean, they were good. They were good um, additions. They they add talent. They add depth. But the Yankee, I mean, the Red Sox. My bad. Um, are just still much more talented team there. I still see them at number one, but Yan- the Yankees are close. They're close. But um, in other news, your boy. Yasmani? Yep. The Yasmanian devil, gone. He's leaving no the longer. Dodgers, left the Dodgers for the Brewers. Yeah. You know what, though? The he the past couple of years, he's kind of hit a plateau. I don't think he's really – he hasn't really performed as well as – he would probably like, and he's just looking for a change of scenery. I think that's what it is. And then he sees yeah. a good up-and-coming team with the Brewers. He knows that he'll see success there. I don't really know if this was really a money issue, if the Dodgers didn't want to give him what he wanted. And I know that the Brewers had to do some cap flexing. like They had to yeah. mess with the cap a little bit to, to sign him. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Brewers think that he's somebody that's going to be playing for them every day. You know yeah. what? Like he, was, he served his purpose in L.A., I think he really tried, and so there's no hard feelings over here. I hope I hope him success. I just hope that it's not against the Dodgers, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. As long as he doesn't go off. And what about Brian Dozier, who's also leaving? He was a, a mid-season acquisition for them this year, so yeah. there wasn't. there's not that much fan attachment to him. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not something that pulls on my heartstrings kind of like, Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp getting traded in the same <laughs> deal. You know, that definitely made me sad. I'm not I'm not hurt with this. I think the Dodgers right now are big fish hunting. So they're not really concerned with Grandal and Dozier at this point. They're, they're going mm. for Bryce Harper. Yeah. They're going for other ace pitchers. So I think right now these moves will see the impact of them and, and – these missed signings if the Dodgers don't get who they want. Yeah. But right I, now, it's still up in the air. We need to see and wait. Yeah, I can see that. And 
the Dodgers, I don't know, to me it kind of seems like they're losing a, a little bit of depth with these players that they're losing. But at the same time, they have a great farm system. So they have they probably have the tools to replace these people if they need to. So we'll see if they if they get Bryce Harper. But for now, there's not much news on them. They're a little quiet. But um oh, big thing. AT&T Park is no longer. No. Goodbye. Hello Oracle Park is Oracle that the name? Park. Which is kind of weird. I think I'm going to have to get used to saying that. But if you really think about it, though, AT and T Park doesn't sound much better. Yeah, that's true. And at least they're 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 there's um, there's not much news for the Giants other than this. So yeah, and then Bryce Harper, it's looking like more and more like he's gonna go back to the Nationals, which should be interesting to see. I know it was like a big deal um, a few months ago, weeks ago that Bryce Harper wasn't going to go back to the Nationals. They didn't think they had a chance at him. They were going to still try, but it wasn't looking good. And now it's different. Like It, it seems like they, they, are, they have the best chance at, at re-signing him. Cause if this is true, it must mean that teams really aren't excited to give Bryce Harper that Supermax amazing yeah. 10-year contract that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. So if no teams are offering that, then he'll just be looking for somewhere that's that he's comfortable with, going back to a place where he's had success, even though it hasn't been in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know what? If he chooses to go back to the Nationals, I mean, you can't blame him. He came up through their farm system. He's played there his whole career. You know, he has an attachment to the franchise. Uh-huh. But I think for him, he should go somewhere where he thinks he has the best chance of winning. Like, forget about the money. Well, don't forget about the money. Get paid what you're worth. I think all players should. Of course, of course. All players should want to get as much money as they possibly can. But go somewhere where you actually legitimately have a chance of winning. Yeah. Because the, the Nationals, with the Nationals, it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen. No, I and mean, they've made. I mean, they signed Brian Dozier, and they've signed. They've signed a few guys, but it, they've made moves, but no moves that's gonna make them push them to the next level like the playoffs level and the world series level especially if bryce harper has a down bryce harper year instead of a mvp yeah bryce harper year. then it's gonna be even worse for them but yeah i think um that's all oh mookie Betts, he he got a new deal 20 million dollar deal so that's good for him al mvp last year um i mean but other than that i think that's all for the mlb this yeah, week. That seems about it. It's there's not much going on right now. Yeah. Little moves here and there, but the big the big ones are still to come. Yeah. So we can move on to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna start off with all star voting. Mm-hmm. So what? the second returns have come in. They came yep. in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Still leading in the east is Giannis, and then in the west it's LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um the, I think the big surprising thing to me about the all star voting this year is that a rookie, Luka Doncic, is second in front court. Yeah, he's received the second most front court votes, yeah. which it's really surprising to me because a lot of times European players when they come over and people who play like him don't really, they don't really get the fans excited that much. You know, yeah, but like, like he's a really good player, and that would have been true no matter what. But he's a player that really doesn't, the type of player that really doesn't get as much recognition as he is actually getting. 
And it's really surprising to me. I think it shows that basketball fans are actually getting kind of more. Like, they're starting to appreciate talent more. Like yeah. Less hype and actual, like, on-the-court ability. And that's really good to see that somebody so young can come in and kind of take off the way he has. Because he's mm-hmm. had a great season. I think he's averaging, like, 20 points as a rookie. He's obviously the best player on their team. And he's leading them to being a competitive team in a really competitive Western Conference. So, like, it was surprising, but at the same time, it wasn't. So that's a big surprise for me. And also something else that warms my heart is seeing Derrick Rose oh. have the second most votes in guards in the West. He has more votes than James, James Harden, Harden, Russell, Russell Westbrook, and everyone. And he's playing good off the bench, obviously. He hasn't really he started ten games this season, I think. But he's playing really well. He's playing back in his, his MVP form, if you wanna say. Yeah. Obviously, it's not the same impact because he is coming off the bench, but it's good to see. You know, yeah. Steph Curry's the only one ahead of him, and we'll see. We'll see what happens if he ends up staying in the All Star game. And he's obviously not a better player than James mm-hmm. Harden or Russell Westbrook. Well, yeah, but a lot of people they like to complain about All Star voting every year. How like fans shouldn't have a say, and they always choose the wrong people. But this isn't the All NBA teams, like. I always get kind of annoyed when people complain about all-star voting because it's not who's the best player. It's who do I want to see play. Like, like yeah. it's who do I want to see in this game? Mm-hmm. And no offense, but I would rather see Derrick Rose and most other guards in the league in yeah. an all-star game setting. That's yeah. why when Kobe got the farewell the farewell tour boost his last couple of years where he was starting mm-hmm. all-star games, I didn't care. Some people complained. Some people said, oh, it's wrong. But at the same time, would you rather watch Kobe Bryant his last couple of years, like, get, like, in that stage? Or would you rather watch DeMar DeRozan? Like, like I honestly, it's just, it's for fun. It's a fun thing. It's an exhibition game. Yeah. I don't think people should really matter. It shouldn't really matter to people. Yeah. And you kind of see the same thing happening this year with Dwayne Wade. He's gonna. This is his last year. And he is leading, the, he's second in uh, guard votes in the East right behind Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving. So when people at that stage of their career, people just want to reward them for having such a great career and having such a good impact on the league. So that's why, like I said, just it's a fun game. Vote for whoever you want to see. And I actually think this year's All-Star game is shaping up to be pretty entertaining. Yeah, go Derrick Rose. Woo! Woo. MVP Rose. Let's move on to your Lakers. Mm-hmm. Speaking of All-Stars. Um, they've been without LeBron for what, uh, since Christmas? The seventh, yeah, so their last game with LeBron was that Golden State Warriors Christmas game that they won. They, um, they very, very <laughs> impressive. They blew them out. They actually increased the lead once LeBron left. Mm-hmm. But I uh, do know the Lakers are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games, and they have they seem, obviously, like what you would expect. They've been struggling a little bit. I know they've had their flashes. Brandon Ingram's been playing well, not really, but like he has his, you know, he's had a, a game or two where he's played well. I know a lot of people are calling for him to be traded and mm-hmm. this and that. And then the same with Kyle Kuzma, you know, dropped 41 points the other day. He's been playing pretty well. They, I mean, they, they've, they've kind of made up for the absence of LeBron, but not really. No. You know? So obviously they're not going to be the same team well, yeah. without him because he is their best player. But lost in this, like in, especially in their struggles, is that other than LeBron, they're also missing Rajon Rondo, who's their sixth man. And yeah. for some of these games, 
JaVale McGee was out, who's one of their starters. So when you're missing two of your starters in the sixth man, you, can't, you shouldn't be expecting them to roll. So I think all things considered, they've done pretty okay. Like they yeah. showed that they're not the Cavs. Where as soon as as Cleveland lost LeBron, as soon as he didn't play, they were garbage. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't they couldn't do anything, and that was with two other All Stars on their team. So I think what this shows is the Lakers have an identity outside of LeBron James, and that's super obvious when you look at how they play too. So like when LeBron is actually playing on the Lakers, it's a lot less ball movement, and he's very ball dominant. But yeah. once now that he's gone, is they've kind of gone back to last year's version of the Lakers, where obviously they win many games, mm-hmm. but they were first, second in pace in the league. They were running the ball every single possession. There was a lot of ball movement, a lot of, like that's why Lonzo Ball is shining a lot right now. Yeah, like his stats have gone way up. He's scoring more. He's scoring more efficiently. He's have he has way more assists now because he's mm-hmm. relied upon to run the offense again, and they've kind of reverted back to that. So there's a lot more ball movement. The Lakers are playing more as a team. And I think it's kind of exciting because it shows that in the playoffs, in a playoff setting, you could sit LeBron and not have to worry about the offense completely falling apart. Yeah. So I think it's signs of encouragement. Well, speaking on Lonzo Ball, I know he has not been a, a pretty good a good shooter. No, he's been terrible. You know, his last year, was it he averaged 36% from the field? Yeah. And this Below year, I think, I think it's up to 40 now. Mm-hmm. But do you think that has something to do with him not having a full offseason? Yes, actually, that's something that a lot of people forget that he really didn't have time to train this season. Yeah, he was he recovering didn't from a knee all, injury, no. right? So he was able to get yoked, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. like you look at the pictures, he put on a lot of muscle. But actual basketball skills, like putting in work in the gym and improving his actual game, he didn't really get to do much of that. Yeah. So, this, so do you think moving forward, if he stays healthy, with a full offseason, with performance trainers, he his shooting will get better? I think his shooting will get better. I think he's I, I think he's a better shooter. I think he's a far better shooter than he's shown in the league. Because yeah. the only time he's ever struggled with his shot has been in the NBA. Like, at no point in his basketball career before this did he ever shoot 42% from the free throw line and yeah. this really bad percentage from three. Like, he's always been a decent shooter. So I just think a lot of it is nerves. A lot of it is feeling the pressure of being a second overall pick in the NBA. So I think it, as long as he stays healthy and he gets an offseason to work and he becomes a decent shooter, which I think he can be, like, that's when his real impact on the game, like, that's when he'll be able to see it. The thing with me for Lonzo is I feel like to move forward as a shooter, he's going to have to Change adjust shot. his shot. He's going to have to adjust his shot eventually. But the thing with that is he's been shooting like that his probably his entire life. And when you change your mechanics of shooting and this and that, you have to be careful because it can lead to injuries. It can lead to shoulder injuries, whatever. Markel Fultz. Exactly. So I think it will be interesting to see how he does um, moving forward. But I think too, like because a lot of people, you know, he's an underrated player because a lot of people will still say he's a bust, he's not good. But in reality, he just can't shoot very well. He no. does everything else at a, an elite level. Yes. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he fares moving forward with shooting. A lot of people, like when they talk about a player's development, they talk about their potential. But what's lost 
in a lot of pe- in my mind for a lot of people is their floor. Like I think Lonzo Ball has a very high floor, where at the very least he will never be a bust because yeah. he's just such a good playmaker and he's so smart. That all that if he really never develops a jump shot, if he really never gets better offensively, he'll at least stick to what he knows best and he'll actually figure out things just being in the league, like just keeping on playing games. Like he'll learn little things, like where he could find an easy layup when he could find an easy pass. Like, yeah. like he'll at least be a serviceable serviceable player in the league. Yeah. And that's what has me uh, optimistic about him, where it's really just up from here. Yeah. So, I don't know. As a Laker fan, I don't think it was a wasted pick. No, I don't I don't think so either. But it, it'll you hope, you always hope that he can he'll get better yes. at that. I know he could still be successful in the league. As a point guard, only shooting forty percent, forty one percent, as long as he's doing everything else at an elite level. But you honestly, you anybody, any basketball fan would want to want to see him take the next level, you know. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. But before I move on from the Lakers, I want to talk about LeBron, yeah. your best pal. He mis- he recently made a very bold claim that he said that after his uh. 3-1 comeback on the Warriors against the 73-9 team that he was kind of feeling himself and that once all the emotions came uh, came down in his mind, that accomplishment made him the greatest player of all time. Ugh. So basically he's saying that he is the greatest player of all time due to this one task. What's yeah. What do you think about this, Mr. I, Bulls fan? Uh, Mr. Bulls fan. Um, regardless of being a Bulls fan or not, first off, I think in any sport and any time, somebody claiming that they're the greatest of all time is really like shows that they're not the greatest of all time. Because when you are the greatest at something, you don't have to talk about it. Other people will be talking about it. They'll talk about it for you. They'll make those claims for yeah. you. Your body of work, your career will speak for its, for itself. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> with LeBron, it's like, uh, of course, a lot of people... It's a it's a huge debate. Obviously, a lot of people like to say he's the goat. A lot of people like to say he isn't. And I personally am on the he isn't side. Obviously, um, just I don't know. It's kind of like, and you see like a lot of people responding to it, like Kevin McHale, former players, like saying like, oh, you can't call yourself the goat. You know, you just can't do that. There's other people. You have to just let other people speak for you. You know, mm-hmm. do what you do and. If you are the greatest, everyone will say, or most ever, the majority will say you are the greatest. You know, mm-hmm. and also like I don't think it's a, it's a shot to LeBron when you say that you don't think he's the greatest player of all no, time. No, I don't think there it could, is either. There could only be one greatest player of all time, and no offense to anybody else who has ever played basketball, but Michael Jordan, in my opinion, is far and away the greatest basketball player of most all time. Definitely. He came into the league as a rookie, averaged god dang near 30 points. Yeah. He was obviously the best player in the league right off the bat. Yes. I mean, I mean, like, you look at Michael Jordan's rookie year, his rookie numbers, compared to Kobe's MVP year. Kobe has never had a year better than Michael Jordan's rookie <laughs> year. And that's that's actually true to most players that yeah. have ever played. If like, you take Michael Jordan, put him in the league now, and have his numbers... He is up there in the conversation for MVP already. And even and that's not adjusting to the new way of playing. Mm-hmm. Because in this NBA, Michael Jordan scores at least five more points a game. Because there's so many three-point shooters, 
he's going to have more space. And he's going to get more assists because when he drives to the basket, there's going to be more space. So, I don't know. I just, I don't, LeBron saying that, it's kind of like, it's whatever, you know. He's trying to, it seems like to me, it's like he's trying to convince himself that he's the greatest of all time. While also, you know, trying to like throw it in people's faces. Like, yeah, it's me. Don't think about anyone else. But, you know. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It, the thing with, with the whole greatest of all time debate is that no one's ever going to agree on one player. No one's ever going to agree on one player. Even though I think Michael Jordan, out of all out of all sports, the NBA and Michael Jordan is probably the closest thing to a unanimous opinion I agree. in sports. Because Tom Brady, I think in a majority of people's minds, is the best football player of all time. But there's way more controversy saying that than there is saying Michael Jordan is. Yeah. Or for baseball, even like who who is on the short list of greatest players of all time? There's too many. Yeah. Nobody really agrees. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, and I hate that the the arguments with LeBron being the goat compared to Michael Jordan being the goat are always the same thing, and it's like, oh, he made nine straight finals. Michael Jordan never lost the finals. This and that, but. That shouldn't even be part of the conversation. Yes, they Michael Jordan didn't lose in the finals. LeBron has lost what six times? I think so. Five Three times, six. six times in but, the finals. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot, an opinion or a point that a lot of LeBron fans use to show that he's the greatest player of all, of all time is they look to the teams before and after he he arrives there. Yeah, and how big of a difference their win totals are. But, like, for example, when he left the Heat, when he left the Heat, they won fewer games and mm-hmm. they were a worse team. But yeah. what a lot of LeBron fans forget is that there's a lot of context to that. Like, for example, I'm going to use the Heat straight up. Like, once LeBron left, for the next two years, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade were missing time all the time. They were injured all mm-hmm. the time. Chris Bosh was out of the league two years after LeBron left yeah. because due to medical reasons. And a lot of people like to point out that all oh, like as soon as LeBron left, the Heat, the Heat took a big step back, and they were obviously much worse because of it. But when Michael Jordan retired for the first time, the Bulls still went to the Eastern Conference Finals and almost made the finals. Yeah, as if that's like a good comparison, even though yeah. the Bulls brought back literally the same exact team who had been playing together for many years, yep. minus Michael Jordan. But all the other players were still there. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to have an easier time adjusting to life without Michael Jordan. Yeah, especially when you still have Hall of Famers in Scottie Pippen, Dennis mm-hmm. Rodman, and all those players. Like you can't. Was Dennis thing, Rodman on that on yes. the team the following season that Michael Jordan left? I always thought he got added a few years after that. Well, I might be incorrect, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's all I'm going to say about LeBron. And I, I, I am not like the biggest LeBron fan. I under, I, I respect him and his and his greatness and his own and the way he plays. But for me, defense is a big part of being the greatest of all time. And he doesn't play defense. And that's it's just that simple. He doesn't play defense. And a lot of some people might disagree with you on that. Some people might say that he's a more versatile defender. Listen to that word, versatile defender. That's always their point, that he's a more versatile defender than Michael Jordan. 
But being more versatile, being able to guard more positions doesn't make you a better defender. No. It just straight up doesn't. That not, not even necessarily being the better all-around player makes you the better player. Because I don't know if I've used this example on the podcast before, but if you really break it down, compare Ben Simmons and Steph Curry. Ben Simmons is a better defender, rebounder, passer. He's more athletic. Mm-hmm. And he's better at than Steph Curry at basically everything other than shooting and scoring. Yeah. But who's who's a better player? Obviously, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Like you would be crazy to argue otherwise. Just yeah. because you have a good all around game doesn't necessarily mean you're you're a better player. And that's mm-hmm. kind of when a lot of people say that LeBron James is a better overall player than Michael Jordan is. They kind of they kind of underrate Michael Jordan's all around game mm-hmm. as that's if he true. isn't also capable of handling the ball. And running an offense. Mm-hmm. It's just that your role on a team matters and it affects your numbers. Yeah. Like LeBron, since he entered the league, has always been the primary option. But mm-hmm. he's been the primary option that does everything. And yes, that sounds good. And yes, that sounds like, oh, like he carries such a load. Obviously, he's more valuable. But that's not all good. Like You can't rely on a single player to run your offense. Yeah. It's just, that's just dumb basketball. Because mm-hmm. just look at look at the Bulls and Michael Jordan. The year before they signed Phil Jackson, before Phil Jackson became their coach, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was relied to do everything. That dude averaged over thirty points, eight assists, <laughs> eight rebounds, shot amazing from the field. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It, they they didn't have any team success. Yeah. But once you start playing good team basketball, once you get in a good system, your numbers go down. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's all about roles. That, and what you're asked to do. That, that, that's, that always affects numbers. But I just think Michael Jordan, five-time MVP, six finals MVPs, he has the best combination of individual accolades and... Ten-time scoring title. Ten-time scoring yeah. title, defensive player of the year. But he has so many individual accolades and team success that it's kind of, in my opinion, indisputable. He is mm-hmm. the greatest player of all time. Yeah, to me also. But like I said... It's always going to be a debate. No one, the majority, no one's ever going to agree on one person. No. I'm trying to say, but it's whatever. Um, speaking of teams that LeBron left, the Cavs. I understand that they might lose their first round pick. Yeah, I don't know how serious of an issue this is and how much noise is actually being created because of this, but it is it is a possibility due to some drama that's going on with their signing of Patrick McCall. That it, it does put their first round pick into question, the security of it. Because yeah. for those who don't know, Patrick McCall was a restricted free agent for the Golden State Warriors. And he, all season, him and the Warriors have been negotiating. And there's been some behind the scenes drama depend, for his contract. And he was mm-hmm. having a hard time finding somebody else to sign him. So he signed with the Cavs. Like he, like he, uh, he, filled, he made a contract with the Cavs, yeah. and the and Cavs almost released immediately him, right? released him. And the Warriors complained to the league because it seems as if the Cavs just signed him and released him to get him out of his restricted free agency. Yeah, so he could go wherever he wants. Yes, so that's why the league is doing an investigation right now. And if the Cavs are found to be guilty of this, if they're found to be doing something that's stretching the rules or something that's straight up against the rules, that a possible – what's the word? A possible result of this consequence. Consequence, excuse me, I failed English. 
uh, a possible consequence of this would be to for them to lose their first round pick, which this year, as bad as they've been, would really hurt the franchise. Oh, most definitely. Especially in a draft that includes R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Like yeah. you want to get one of those guys to pair with Collins. What Sexton. would happen to their pick? Would that go to the Warriors? To, to be honest, I haven't done the appropriate amount of research to tell you that, but uh-huh. hopefully not, because then <laughs> the Warriors. That would be good. Steph Curry with Zion Williamson, that would be scary. That would be something to watch. Mm-hmm. Speaking but, about uh, something to watch, <laughs> you know who's been something to watch recently, Dominic? James Harden. James Harden and the Houston Rockets. You know what? James Harden, I think right now, to me, easily is MVP. You think so? Yep. I think... I don't think anyone really really is, is playing at the level he's playing at. Well, you know? he recently... Like, the Rockets and the Bucks recently had a game, and I think those the best players on those teams are definitely leading the MVP race. Right oh now. yeah, Giannis and James Harden, in my opinion, are the two front runners for MVP. It's just the only argument that I have for Giannis right now is that he's been he's been this player all season, and mm-hmm. I think he has a lesser roster, to be honest, than Houston. Well, yeah, I, I think he's carrying more. Uh, I, I think he's doing more with the lesser roster than James Harden is. James Harden right now is on that crazy scoring run. Yeah, but he's averaging, what, 34, 34 points, I think, on 44% shooting. He's playing. I don't know. Did he? I don't know if he just broke the record or he's about to break the record of most, uh, most games in a row with 30-plus points. Yeah, uh, he's competing with Kobe Bryant right now. Like like you said, I'm not sure if he, if he beat him already, but... He is on a crazy run right now, and the the Rockets are seeing a lot of team success, which is something in his favor. If you're gonna argue yeah. MVP for him, because a few weeks ago they were 14th in the West, and now they're fourth. Yeah. So with his with how he's playing right now, do you think the Rockets have a chance at beating the Warriors and making it to the finals? I I don't think anybody has a chance to beat the Warriors. Really? Just because, especially not the I think the Rockets are in a really good run. But I don't see this as sustainable. I really yeah. don't. I think uh, I think they're gonna find a way to win a bunch of games. Might mm-hmm. they might get home field advantage or home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs? I think they might end up top four. Uh-huh. I think there's just such separation between the Warriors and I'm gonna include the Nuggets there and everyone else in, in the West because mm-hmm. they've just built a lead early in the season in the standings, and I yeah. think this year standings are really gonna matter. Depending on who you match up against in the first round, like you might, you might be a team that's capable of going all the way to the Western Conference Finals that ends up getting knocked down in the first round. Yeah, because the West is very competitive this year. Let's say, let's say LeBron misses more time and the Lakers finish seventh, mm. and Denver finishes second. I, I'm pretty confident I, yeah. that the Lakers are going to beat Denver. I, like, a Lake, a Lake, the Laker team with LeBron James, I'm, I'm sure would. Would probably be able to pull out, pull off uh, winning a seven game series against the so, Nuggets. With the Rockets, I think it's so important for them to get that super high seed. Yeah, that I, I'm not sure how things are going to shake up on. Shake so, up how do you think? Say the Rockets end up two, the two seed, and Lakers end up seventh. How do you think that would go? Uh, a very hard-fought six to seven game series with one or two fights, definitely. Uh-huh. I think Rondo and Chris Paul are going to throw hands at least <laughs> oh, once. Oh yeah. Brandon Ingram uh, might get into it with everybody. I don't mm. know, but I think that's going to be a tough one. I think LeBron is just 
so good, and I think his supporting cast this year is is so much better than it was in Cleveland. If they figure out a way to 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 get that win, that series win. My only my only uh, concern with the Lakers, especially in the playoffs, is in late ga- in late game situations, they can't hit free throws. They've they've True. survived so far this season, and, and also it's a their youth. It, it, it's a concern to me. Um, none of them have playoff experience besides Rondo and um, LeBron and JaVale McGee, of course. But it's it'll be interesting to see. I think if the Lakers make the playoffs, I'm definitely going to be watching because you never know what can happen with LeBron or your team. So it should be interesting. But I don't know, man. I, I think I'm taking the Rockets over the Warriors in the playoffs. If the Warriors continue playing... How they how they are playing, and the Rockets continue playing how they're playing. Like, yes, that's true. However, did you see Clay Thompson score god dang near fifty points on four dribbles? For uh, I don't think that matters. I don't. To me, look, that just means that he just stands in the corner while everyone passes the ball around, and then they forget about him, and he shoots a three. I mean, that's it. Shows how good they are, though. That yeah. that their third best player it is true, but so many points on you and not even have to dribble the ball. I think with the Warriors, I think the league is starting to realize that Draymond Green isn't as effective as it used to be. I think they're having obviously some internal issues with like as as far as team chemistry kind of goes. I feel like Draymond might be getting pushed out of the little of the little. The little click. bubble, yeah, the little click. Um, but we'll see. I know. I mean, the Warriors are obviously they're the Warriors, and Demarcus Cousins is going to be starting for them in a few days, and it should be interesting to see how they do. But now that's something we haven't talked about yet that I actually regret not doing more research on before we recorded this. But last time I remember seeing Demarcus Cousins, they're targeting a. The 18th. The 18th, which yeah. is against the Clippers, mm-hmm. which I think would actually be a pretty good a pretty good test for him because the Clippers' front court, it's it's okay. Yeah. Tobias Harris is good. But they for DeMarcus Cousins, I think that's the perfect kind of team to see where you're at with. Yeah. They don't really have a center that's going to make them work unless the Clippers go small. But Boban, mm-hmm. Boban isn't necessarily going to – he's not going to give DeMarcus Cousins the works. I don't know. I mean, when you think of a – of the Warriors starting lineup with DeMarcus Cousins and them all playing well, it's pretty hard to say that they can lose to anyone. That's five all-stars. They're an elite team. Yeah. They're, I, I think all the questions with uh, DeMarcus Cousins coming back, that's all on the defensive end for me. Because I think offensively, they're just they're going to figure it out. I don't think they're going to have any problems. DeMarcus Cousins could just take a step back and literally just – pass off from the post because he's a good passer he's a, he's a very good fit for them on, on the offensive end yeah but on the defensive end the Warriors past couple of years have been an elite team because they're so switchable mm-hmm. they switch everything on offense one through five yeah so my question is DeMarcus Cousin has never has never been a great defender and you don't you do not want him guarding point guards shooting no. guards or any kind of wing no for that matter you want so, him guarding centers you want him guarding bigs so i <laughs> I think they're going to have to figure out how to adjust their defense with him on the court. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see when he comes back and um, I'm definitely looking forward to him actually playing this season because I I like DeMarcus Cousins. I, I've always liked how he's played. I know he's had, he has some 
he's had some issues with his teammates before, but um, it should be interesting to see what happens there. And we're talking about Houston and the Warriors and who, who has the better chance of making the finals. I think throwing DeMarcus Cousins into this whole mix, into this whole mix considering he has beef with basically everyone, but specifically he really dislikes Chris Paul. Yeah. Like, I really want to see that series. So, I don't yeah, know. I'm just really excited to, to see him come back. Should be pretty fun to watch. But I think that's it for the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we'll move on to the NFL. Let's talk about Wild Card Weekend. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a heartbreaker for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the Colts blow out the Texans. Um, which I thought was it was unexpected to me. The Texans were at home. Um, they had been playing pretty good the whole season. They had one of the better defenses. The Colts ran all over them. Um, Andrew Luck didn't play like out of his skin, like no. crazy. I think he only ended up with like 160 passing yards. But it was enough. They they beat the Texans 21 to seven. I think the Texans didn't score until the fourth quarter. It was just, it was pretty embarrassing. I think it, it, it probably was pretty embarrassing to see as a Texans fan. Now, if you're a Texans fan, though, I mean, I don't think you should be too heartbroken because oh, no. I don't know how many people really consider them to be serious contenders. They had a really good defense, but like your franchise quarterback right now, Deshaun Watson, he's still really young. You don't mm-hmm. want to, like, he still has time. Yeah. And I think that was the big they thing. They have a promising future. They have a promising future. They really do. And it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they, what they do next year. Um, and the Colts, I mean, the Colts were kind of like a dark horse to me. I didn't think they were going to win that game like at all. I, I think they snuck into the playoffs and it didn't seem like they were going to win that game, but they pulled it up. It was weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, the other wild card game, one that before we get to the one we really want to talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the Chargers surviving that, that comeback against Baltimore, mm-hmm. you know, I think the big takeaways from that game is just veteran veteran quarterback Philip yeah. Rivers against young rookie, rookie quarterback. quarterback Lamar Jackson. You know, like yeah. Lamar Jackson, I think has I think he's a feel good story. He's someone who feels like he went way later in the draft than he probably should have, and it was good to see him once he got this starting quarterback job. Once he's, he when he was put in the position where he was getting relied upon to succeed so well. But it's tough to ask a rookie in any sport to carry you in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Like, like it's just a little unrealistic. So maybe the the we didn't know it was going to happen exactly the way it did. But in my opinion, it was pretty predictable that a veteran like Philip Rivers, who's been playing so long, just he had more success in yeah. in the playoffs than he did. Um, honestly, in my opinion, if I would have seen Lamar Jackson, he obviously he didn't play well. I mean, he played okay, and he played good for a rookie quarterback, but he didn't do enough to win. And his his rookiness or whatever you want to call it showed. To me, on that last drive, I would have put in Joe Flacco. Even though Lamar had been winning and winning and winning, I would have put in Joe Flacco. Because I feel like he had more experience. He The pressure, he would have been able to handle it better. And it might have gone a different way. I mean, in the immediate... In the media, definitely, like that's something that you'd rather do if you want to maximize your chance of winning potentially. But I think, I don't know, I never thought anybody really considered Baltimore a serious contender either. So no, but their defense just popped out of nowhere and decided they wanted to be the number one defense. So 
Yeah, but I think crazy. in the long term, you want your young players to be out there in those positions yeah. because in the future, if they're going to turn into what you hope for, That's you want true. them to actually be in have past experience, like past things to look back on and be like, "Oh, this is what happened before. I'm going to do it this way now." Yeah, you know, like, like it's, it's it's a good learning experience. Pains. Yeah, it's all growing pains. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm I'm excited to see how he fares in his career. Hmm. Um, the Cowboys or another game. They they won. I thought it was pretty obvious that they were going to win. The Seahawks didn't seem like like a team that could do anything in the playoffs to me this year. And it was really because their lack of weapons. I mean, they have Doug Baldwin, Russell Wilson, but they didn't really have anybody else. They didn't have their defense wasn't oh super great. Their offense wasn't super great. They barely made it into the playoffs. I think the Seahawks just they don't they're they're a team that doesn't really have a identity. Like they're good, they're a good team, they mm-hmm. win games, but it's not a few years ago when they had the the Legion of Boom mm-hmm. when their defense was so good that that's just what you every time you played Seattle you knew that their defense was yep. gonna come for you and Russell Wilson was good enough that you know, mm-hmm. they saw a lot of success. They won a Super Bowl. I mean they went to the Super Bowl and won one, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about that. But yeah, I, I thought that was pretty obvious that the Cowboys were gonna win. Um, and then the Bears. Oh, heartbreaker. A heartbreaker in Chicago. Um, to be honest. They do call it the Windy City. Yeah, yeah. Catch how they miss field goals. Um, and actually, speaking on that, it Chicago is one of the most difficult places to kick field goals. That's why only a few kickers in Bears history have had, like, like a lot of success, which Robbie Gold obviously is the one that comes to mind for everyone. And I know I've seen a lot of things that oh, Robbie Gold has only missed two field goals since he left the Bears, since the Bears got rid of him. Mm-hmm. But if anyone remembers before he was let go of the Bears, if before they let him walk, he had missed a lot of field goals and a lot of important field goals. So... So missed field goals, from what you're telling me, is something very yeah. familiar to you? Yeah, yeah, very familiar. But it was a good game. Um, the Bears' defense played well. I, they did. They let up a 16 points, and that was just enough for them to lose. But Mitch Trubisky played well. I mean, he had a, a rough kind of first half, but in the second half he came back. He ended up with a 300 yards and a, a touchdown. Better numbers than Nick Foles. Nick Foles had two picks, and it was just really the offense. You can't blame it all on Cody Parkey. The offense really didn't show up, which was something that I questioned before they got into the playoffs was how how well their offense was going to perform. Al Robinson had a great game. He, I think he had 11 receptions for 143 yards and a touchdown. He had a great game, but... It all came down, and you know what? The, they did enough to win. They st- the offense still did enough to win, but Cody Parkey missed the field goal, or it was blocked, or whatever they want to say. And coming into the game, and before that, I I had said that I felt that Cody Parkey and kicking field goals was going to be our downfall in the playoffs, and then it happened, and then I was sad. <laughs> But Cody Parker, I think he was he was, in the regular season. He was tied for tied for second for the most missed field goals. So like you could already and the Bears hadn't addressed it. 
And it didn't seem like Cody Parkey really was trying to do extra work until he missed four extra points in one game or four field goals in one game. But this is something that shouldn't be as surprising. Yeah, as some people are treating it as no. And and to in his in his defense, he did have nine points that game. He did make up for more than half of the team's points, but when it really mattered, he couldn't come through. And it's just tough. It's tough. It, they had a really great season, and it, I'm looking obviously looking forward to what happens next season with them. But. We'll I, I don't know, man. I don't think you should feel too down on this because, like, you know when, what you go, when you go is? when you go up against the greatest quarterback of all time, and, and <laughs> oh, Nick, Nick Foles, Foles. You, you you lose some of these games. Yeah, you know? yeah like, it's yeah, expected. Yeah. You shouldn't. You, you know, shouldn't the worst it. part of it all is that the Bears let the Eagles in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They could have just they could have lost their game, the last game of the season against the Vikings, and then we would have played the Vikings and probably handled them pretty easily, but. It happens. It happens. You gotta move on, but it's okay. It's, I think that's it for all the games that were already played. I think yeah. it went over all the ones that mattered. Who do you got this weekend coming up? So I think, I think the one. I mean, I'm a Rams fan, so the the one game that, in my opinion, is the most inter- entertaining is the Cowboys Rams game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Cowboy. I, I don't know. There's a lot of. There's a lot of chatter going on that the Cowboys are going to upset the Rams, and I, I, I don't really see it to be honest. I see it. You see, I see it? it. Well, why do you say? Why because you say the Rams defense, and I've said it before, the Rams defense was is an issue for them, and Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper have the potential to tear up that defense. Even though Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib are playing, their run defense isn't that great, and if the Cowboys can exploit that run defense, then passing the ball is going to become so much easier for them. And obviously they have a really high-powered offense, but the Cowboys have a good defense. And we've seen the Rams against a great defense earlier in the season only score six points against the Bears. So it's gonna, it's a close one for me. I still think the Rams are going to pull it out, but I I don't think that the Cowboys should be counted out so easily. I, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I just think the, especially on offense, the Rams are just better at every single position. I think Todd yeah, Gurley is be better true. than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, yeah. I think. Nah. I think Jared Goff is better than Dak Prescott. I just think, I just think the Cowboys are. They're a very good team. It's just when you have a great offensive mind in Sean McVay and really good offensive players that, that the Rams have. Mm-hmm. That yes, your defense. It's struggling, and it's not. And it's obviously not going to be the reason you win this game. But I just think the difference in offense between the Rams and the and the Cowboys is bigger than the yeah difference bigger than the difference in defense. That makes sense. I can see that. So I'm I'm taking the Rams, but I think it's going to be a close one. Yeah. So um, I, I think another really entertaining game, one that I'm excited to watch personally, is seeing Philip Rivers go up against Tom Brady. Yeah, I think and that's going to be interesting. I take the Patriots easily, to be honest. I know a lot of people have said Tom Brady's on a decline, this and that, but it's playoffs. It's Tom Brady. It's similar to it's playoffs. It's LeBron James. He's always going to go that extra step. I know obviously last two they lost, but still it's Tom Brady. Again, though, you can't hang your head too low when you lose to the GOAT, Nick Foles. Yeah, that's true. See, exactly. 
So I'm going with the with the Patriots over the Chargers. Um, but I think it will be a good game. I think it will be a good game. I just don't know if the Chargers have enough to because they struggled. They struggled against Baltimore. They had a, a number of fumbles and they really they barely held on. So we'll see what happens. Um, regarding the Chiefs and the Colts, I think the Chiefs win that one. I think they um, win that one kind of easily, in yeah. my opinion. I don't know. I mean, obviously the Colts played well last weekend, but the Chiefs' offense is is going to be too much. It's going to be too much for the Colts to handle, and the Colts' offense is nowhere near the Chiefs' offense. So it seems it seems clear to me that the Chiefs are going to win that one pretty easily. And then the Saints and the Eagles. I, I'm not. I guess I don't. I can't count out the Eagles because I had them beat last weekend and they won. So you never know. But uh, the Saints at home are always. I think Drew Brees is five and zero at home in the playoffs. So I think the Saints at home is the obvious pick for me too. And I joke about Nick Foles being the goat, <laughs> but like Drew Brees is actually one of those players that's on the short list. That's that if if he wins another Super Bowl. Who knows? You know, who knows where you'll rank him? Yeah. So I think he's somebody who uh, he's always consistent. He's really good and he's hungry. So I I, re- I trust Drew Brees way more than I trust anyone else playing in this game. Yeah. The Drew Brees is just so good. He's going to carry them. I think it's going to be pretty easily. I think so too. I think so too. But um, for the NFL, oh, we have uh, the Jets. They hired Adam Gase, which was like um, kind of like a questionable move. I know his record with the Dolphins in two years was twenty three and twenty five. Todd Bowles' record was twenty four and forty. He only had one more. He had one more win than the new coach that they that they hired. So it's kind of like I know Todd Bowles was a was really a defensive minded coach, and Adam Gase is the opposite. So maybe that's they want to you know just like flip the script. I know they they are definitely going to be in play for Le'Veon Bell in free agency. They have a new young quarterback, um, so it might be good. It, it could be a good fit, but it just seemed kind of questionable to me right now. And then Vic Fangio, oh my gosh, I miss him already. Broncos' new head coach, which is good. It's good, and I'm very excited to see how Von Miller um, fits into his scheme. Should be interesting. Great offensive mind and a great offense. Uh, excuse me, defensive mind and great defensive player. Mm-hmm. Those that usually works out. Like you see the same thing. Um, what happened with uh, Aaron Donald? So you pair him with a with a good uh, defensive coordinator. Like like he's going off. The Rams defense might not be going off, but mm-hmm. but but when you put when you pair a good defensive mind with a good defensive player, it usually works out. So yeah. the Broncos definitely uh definitely have uh, made a good move but yeah. for as, as far as the jets i mean they kind of i don't think it was a step forward it wasn't a step back it was kind of like a step to the side kind of yeah they're just like kind of like staying where they were but they're just taking a different route really it's a weird little euro like step me. yeah like a euro step and they traveled too um but i think that's all for for this week um thanks everyone for listening mm-hmm. and we'll Be back soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you next week, hopefully. (laughs) Bye.